That's outstanding, like a farmer in his field. Well, if that isn't some juicy content. Can something be both solid and juicy at the same time? I'm going to pull some fast gotcha questions. Carry on, James. Carry on. You know what, Craig? That's a good call. another edition of the Channel Partners Podcast. I am the executive editor of Channel Partners and Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, making his debut as co-host on the podcast, very excited to welcome in our esteemed news editor, our resident millennial, James Anderson. James, how are you? Craig, I don't know if you've seen Wayne's World from 1992 when uh, Wayne and Garth, they meet Alice Cooper and, and they just start bowing down and saying, we're not worthy. We're not <laughs> worthy. That's how I feel, you know? I don't want to insult you by saying I'm not worthy, but uh, what an honor it is to be with you today. Well, we are glad to have you on the podcast. I love how you had to give me the date, uh, just showing how old I am, to point out that that movie came out in 1992, uh, probably a couple of years before uh, you were even a, a thought to your parents. Yep two years before, but I'm looking for common ground. Always looking for common ground, you know. Well, I'll have plenty of time going forward to uh, make millennial jokes and so on and so forth, but I'm not going to do it too much because uh, I think some study recently said like half the workforce is now made up of millennials, so I'm actually, as a Gen Xer, in the minority now, so I'm, I'm a little scared. Hey, we'll go easy on you, man. You guys are like very... I don't know. You, I, Jenna, you guys got to slide in between boomers and millennials, and somehow you all just kind of came out unscathed between this, this like this generational divide between boomers and millennials. And like, I I'd love to make fun of you for your generation, but I'm like, God, nothing, man. Um, you guys are just <laughs> kind like of that. blah, you know. I don't know. Well, as Kevin used to like to say, we landed firmly in the rectangle of mediocrity. So there's there's nowhere to go. You can't fire too many insults at us, but you can't uh, say we're fantastic either. So we're yeah. comfortable just just fitting into that uh, that mold right in the middle there. Yeah, it's kind of a default generation, if I may <laughs> say so. I like it. I like it. Well, James, welcome to the podcast. Uh, excited to have you here. I'm curious, you know, maybe you could tell our loyal casties any goals you have uh, for the podcast. How are you going to shake it up? Well, Craig, these are some big shoes to fill and i mean i have size seven feet so Mm. um in so many ways this is going to be a challenge for me but if i can mirror just a modicum of the humor that mr morris exemplified that'll be a success for me and besides that you know i want to explore the space as they say in our industry and maybe uh, utilize some of my experiences covering the channels, talking about technology. Yeah. You know, you're, we're going from the charisma of a sales guy to the know-how of an editor. And, and I hope, hope I can add value, as they say. I like that. I like that. Uh, maybe we'll use that as a tagline here on the podcast. That's some good stuff. Yeah, adding value since 1994. That's when I was born. (laughs) 
Okay, so that sounds great. Uh, one goal I've got, uh, which you have already helped achieve, uh, is to get more of the partner voice on this podcast. We hear a lot from the big names in the vendor community. Clearly, that's still a benefit to our partner audience. Don't get me wrong. But we want to get more partners themselves on the show. You know, there's nothing like peer-to-peer learning, which we found to be hugely successful at our events. Partners want to hear about fellow partner successes that they can apply to their own businesses. And that turns out to be a perfect segue into promoting what's coming up on this episode 86 of the podcast, but number one for you, James. That's right, Craig. In my inaugural episode, we're going to be bringing on one of my partner friends, MNJ Technologies, um, Mm. which is going to talk to us about SD-WAN and uh, the convergence of networking and security. So uh, hopefully you casties are going to benefit from that, learn a little bit about the space from kind of a vendor agnostic perspective at this oh. as they say you know and hear what another one of your peers is saying i, I love that you, you're fitting in so well already because you're throwing around some of the great buzzwords that i like like space and vendor agnostic those are like, i mean those are just perfect i'm saying it and as i'm saying it i'm feeling just like waves of guilt at what like a corporate drone i've turned into <laughs> like i cannot stop it it's like saying um like help yeah. me, Craig. You'll have plenty of time to uh, either ditch those habits or or entrench yourselves in them uh, even further as you go throughout your career. So uh, that's some good stuff. Uh, so all that's a little later in the show. Our, our first guest, who we'll introduce here in just a bit, makes his second appearance on Coffee, Hoo-ah! talking about Ring Central Channel Chief Zane Long. What a year they've had with all of the UC partnerships, you know, really innovating with their approach to the market. Uh, James, excited to hear more about those and how they are benefiting partners. Indeed. Then later in the show, we're going to talk more about Channel Evolution Europe Virtual, December 1st through 2nd, and what our audience of U.S. and U.K.-based partners can expect. (laughs) Uh, Rookie mistake there. Uh, This is a U.K.-based virtual show. It should be first and second december oh so that's how it's gonna be huh never mind okay but first let's take a little moment to meet our contestants okay just who is this james anderson as if a superhero he uses his millennial wiles to push digi our digital services robot mascot aside and sit in the co-host chair as if he belonged there all the time. If you're a regular listener, you know him from such episodes as The Channel's Got Talent, where Kevin anointed him the winner for an unproven claim that he can lick his elbow. I had to go with this person. I think I know what's really going on here. You never got the prize approved with management, did you? So we had to give it to the guy who's already going for free. Oh, please, Craig. Well, Craig, Kevin, I gotta say, it's not so much an honor as it is a privilege. It's always going to be a challenge when you are given an award that is going to be forever synonymous with your name. And an episode where we previewed the Channel Partners Conference and Expo with such little detail so we wouldn't turn off the short attention span millennials in our audience. Craig, I really think that's a statistic that's just indicative of this technological landscape that we're all finding ourselves in. And it's really more of a, wait, Kevin, what's that you got on your head? That's like a nice hat. That's cool. Could I try that on? 
And a silly bit we did that we called Channel Mad Libs, inspired by a really bad transcription service James introduced us to. You're going to read the transcribed question that you uh, gave to these folks, and then I will read the answer. Is that uh, right, at least as far as how it was transcribed? Totally fine. I'll take the Qs, you take the As. Okay. All, all right. Let's do it. Fire away. <clears throat> Here we go. Okay. Well, they're going to be tough people for 30 years and 20 years ago. A lot of things, a lot of the ability of the fight. You think they kidnapped you, but you have to walk to another purpose. Or, you know those things were not available to you? But who really is this James Anderson? Well, Craig, thanks for that. I feel, I feel, feel a little bit of sarcasm, but, you know, I'm going to take it in good faith. I, I, I like to think of it as, like, part of our back and forth. And as you should. That's cool. It's all good. So who am I? Well, I'll tell you. I live in Illinois, suburbs of, of Chicago. Spent the last 10 years in Arizona and actually came to this fine company through an internship just as I was getting out of journalism school. So no intention of ever writing about technology. Thought I was going to be writing for a newspaper or general interest magazine. Um, we know what happened. Print, right yeah so <laughs> the best accidental decision i i ever made and ended up with sir galbraith over here about i don't know five years ago and yeah things in some ways the world has changed a lot but a lot of things have stayed the same since 2015 for me and yeah, yeah it's been a solid time been excited to make these little brief appearances on the podcast you know i always jump at the opportunity to try to impress you and and kevin and but yeah now the time has come to audition for a job on this podcast and i'm happy i'm excited what can i say i hope i don't let you down oh you couldn't do that at all I, your competition was a, a digital bot how hard was that yeah, I mean, I wondered if like you picked this in part because I can't whistle and that's like all Digi did. So <laughs> I just hope that you're not picking me out of like a rebound from Digi. Um, <laughs> no, it's like a rebound relationship. No, that is not what we're talking about here. Digi's still around. We're, we're going to keep him around. We just figured out that uh, communicating with Digi was a bit of a struggle because he was a bit of a one trick bot. Sure. And aren't we all? I think I'm looking to throw in kind of a different lane to what Kevin said. As I mentioned, I, you know, wanting to move away from some of that, you know, sales guy charisma. I, I don't think I can match him in charisma, but I'm going to I'm going to go for sort of the maturity side, the sort oh. of the nuance and, and try to balance out this podcast a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll see if I can lure you out of that maturity lane. I'm pretty sure that'll be that'll be easy to do. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's challenge accepted. Craig, why don't you welcome in our first guest? All right, James. My pleasure to welcome into the coffee house Zane Long. Zane is the channel chief at Ring Central. Zane, how you doing? I'm doing really well today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, glad to have you on the show. And you know, this is James' first show, and you're the very first guest. So it's like another first here on the podcast. Yeah, we're going to have to put him through his faces today. <laughs> yeah. Craig, uh, Craig, Craig can be a little mean sometimes. So, you, you know, <laughs> don't goad him too much. Please. We're going we're to go after him, <laughs> at least at some point, for sure. Uh, well, Zane, good to have you. So many things to talk about uh, when it comes to Ring Central here in the past year. The partnerships, of course, uh, worth discussing. Avaya, Unify, 
Alcatel Lucent. Uh, there are probably more out there I don't even know about. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about how partners are benefiting from all of these and, and how they're really expanding Ring Central's global reach? Thank you for that. Yes. You know, first, I just want to say that you know, Ring Central is a partner oriented company. Our growth and success is tied to our partner's contribution at Ring Central. Greg, you probably have heard me say this before. You know, without the partner's contribution, Ring Central simply wouldn't be the Ring Central you see today. Sure. And here's, a, here's just one example. You know, our partners contributed more than 80% of the seven figure customer wins in Q2. Wow. Uh, that demonstrates that the loyalty that we have with the partner community, the trust that the partners have in what we're doing here at Ring Central. But you also mentioned, you know, some some other partners that we've brought on that that obviously we've had in the news. Uh, and these re- recent partnerships are Avaya, Atos, Alcatel, Lucent, and you know, by design, you know, they contribute and enhance Ring Central's access to customers globally. So I'll give you just a, a quick example here. Let's look at Atos. So they're a leading systems integrator with a really strong UC user base in Europe, particularly Germany, where we, we hadn't been before. Germany, huge market. I think if I've heard correctly, Germany's bigger than the UK, France markets combined. But oh. they have an exclusive a co-branded offer for their 40 million user base that uh, we're calling together Unify Office by Ring Central. And Avaya, uh, the other one of the other partners, what we call the Triple A's, Avaya has a hundred million seats and has the world's largest on-prem UC install base, especially in North America. And Avaya's co-branded product is called Avaya Cloud Office. And then finally, Alcatel Lucent has 40 million seats and has a very strong presence in Europe, with 70% of their base of customers in Europe. And their co-branded product is called, delightfully, Rainbow Office. I like it. I like it. Now, Zane, that's that's good to get that background. Do you mind kind of contrasting a little bit, looking at the rest of the industry? Uh, we see some of your competitors going with a different approach and going more for the acquisition route, while RingCentral and others are forming partnerships. Could you talk about sort of the competitive advantage there is for RingCentral in that approach? First of all, you should know that our partnerships provide Ring Central a very favorable unit economics, right? They enable us to scale effectively. Uh, while we maintain our strong commitment to innovation, these are critical points. You know, I, I would say that having been running channel partner programs 20 years, aye, aye, aye. it's hard for me to say that. It's been so long. Uh, five years at Ring Central, by the way, already, which uh, is amazing how, how it's gone by so quickly. What the key to this, by the way, is something that is should be evident and isn't always evident in certain companies, but we certainly understand it here at Ring Central. You know, partners' contributions are success-based, meaning their participation isn't compensated until the deal is struck, meaning activated or installed. And so that's a that's a really important piece to uh, why partner programs, well-run, I should say, channel partner programs uh, of best practices, can be so scalable, right? When you really think about how we can go out to the market globally, we simply get a competitive advantage. Uh, you know, example, uh, partners can also be very, they can really participate deeply with Ring Central with creativity and innovation. So partners can access our APIs for customization and integration for their customers. Partners, particularly the ones I just mentioned, 
develop phone compatibility and tools for fast and seamless migrations. And naturally, partners, we all know, come with their own unique playbook that they bring to the table to onboard their own channel managers. And again, back to the AAAs, you know, very country-specific go-to-market strategies. International has a slightly different flavor to it than it does in North America. And with these partners and other partners, you know, we get the advantage of having them already been there before us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you talked about partners and, and the partner program. I want to dig into that a little bit. You guys introduced a new one in June. Uh, you've got some new distributor and master agent relationships. Uh, you got some other changes to the partner program there. Why don't you uh, lay those on us? Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it. You know, of course, we like to think of ourselves pretty creative. You know, Greg, we launched a program five years ago. I coined this phrase many years ago, but had it trademarked here at Ring Central. So I've lost uh, the royalties I used to receive uh, <laughs> called Channel Harmony. Uh, Channel Harmony, of course, is a, is a collaborative program where we reduce or eliminate all conflict between our direct sales organization and, and partners. But we also got a lot of feedback from our partner community, partners that wanted to have more control. So we launched our Ignite program to empower our partners with more control over the entire sales cycle to expedite the sales process specifically for the SMB segment. So what's new, right? What's new about this? Well, it provides partners with more flexibility with the ability to choose the sales process that best suits each of their individual prospects. Ignite certified partners can create a quote right now through our partner portal without having to engage Ring Central, either direct salespeople or channel managers. They can go straight to the portal to do that. So Ignite empowers partners to take charge and fully control the entire sales process. Craig, uh, James, it includes quoting, closing, upsell, cross-sell opportunities for any deal with fewer than 400 employees. Uh, so we're excited about this program. Uh, we're excited about it because we listened intently to what the partners were telling us. We changed it and added, I should say, it's an additive uh, way to go to market with Ring Central. So Channel Harmony still is here. Ignite is the next evolution. And just real quick, you know, for more information on Ignite program to the partner community, just please contact your local Ring Central manager or visit us at ringcentral.com. Yeah, I like the convenience in the program there. I just wanted to mention, though, I know you still have a box of Channel Harmony t-shirts in the back of your closet somewhere, don't you? I absolutely do. Would you like one or two? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it after the show. I don't know if I can <laughs> accept one or not. We also have a few bobbleheads. If you haven't seen my marketing oh. team thinks it's very funny to put the, a bobblehead image of me that goes around the world, uh, but uh, happy to marketing team so that you can see me nodding yes or no, whichever your desire is. I love that. I love that. I'm intrigued. <laughs> this has been a pretty good convo around go-to-market. Zane, do you want to kind of move us over a little bit to the technology side? So we've seen some advancements from Ring Central this year in video, SMS, as well as Microsoft Teams integrations. Do you mind talking about those three elements, video, SMS, and Teams, and then maybe any other uh, technology side convos that, that, that you're, you and Ring Central are excited about? You bet. Yeah, happy to. Yeah, we're also uh, pretty excited about this as well. You know, in April, we announced Ring Central Video, uh, we call RCV. And no question, this is redefining and raising the bar for online collaboration and meetings. And some, a couple of key points uh, you know, I'd like the audience to, to understand. Ring Central Video is a browser-based experience. 
That's key, right? So users don't do not have to download an application to join, host, or schedule a meeting. Makes it real simple. We have unified the messaging, video, business voice, and facts into a tightly integrated product. So conversations uh, can continue across all modes of communication without losing context. It's just such a cool feature, right? From iPad to iPhone to laptop, super cool, easy, doesn't miss a beat. And then, I guess, you know, finally, I guess it also leverages our, our RingCentral open platform. I mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, integrated with popular business productivity applications. Think of G Suite, Gmail, HubSpot, Microsoft Teams, Office 365, and more. And then I do want to also note this. This is important. We did also announce 70 plus new features to Ring Central Video with a focus on enhanced security. You know, that's been a pretty big deal, right, over the last three, four, five months uh, out in the marketplace, not for Ring Central, but we just want our customers to know we have enhanced our security, waiting rooms, dark mode, including the ability to switch in progress meetings, as I mentioned before. It's a really key thing. I want to say it twice, right, between devices. You also talked about SMS, so I want to cover that uh, as well. Uh, This is also, I think, an interesting thing that we've done with our SMS solution. So this is a high-volume SMS, and this allows customers to use their existing business number to send one-off messages or batch requests up to three messages every second. And users can also transition seamlessly back to the text-to-voice-to-video. And that's a really cool feature, something that our customers, you know, a lot of customer demand here, right? And um, then for Microsoft Teams, which you guys, you know, invited me to this. So you're, you invited me to a Microsoft Teams. That's cool. Yeah. We have Cloud PBX for Microsoft Teams. And this enables direct routing integration without ever having to leave the Teams interface on mobile, web, or desktop, which is why, Craig, I'll also send you a little bit about RCV so you can use both, by the way. Uh, this new integration gives customers more flexibility and choices when it comes to how they communicate. You know, it's the software world, guys. We've got to find ways of working together, right? There are opportunities for all. At the end of the day, we want a great and uh, efficient, easy experience for our customers. Yeah, it seems to be the, the theme of the day. You mentioned 70 features. James usually tells me I only know how to use about three or four of the features on on our various <laughs> software, so I'd, I'd really have to get up to speed. We can you're, send you a tutor, there, right? Craig. We will we will send someone out. We will sit next to you. We'll show you every all seventy if you're if you're interested. I'll make it happen. <laughs> I might take you up on that sometime next year. <laughs> well, hey Zane, real quick before we let you go, I know you talked about it a little bit. I want to just get back uh, briefly to uh, Europe and the UK and the opportunities for partners over there because I get paid extra every time I bring up our Channel Evolution Europe show. That's uh, not really true. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk, uh, because you have clearly studied the market over there. In general, for partners, there seems to be a great opportunity, whether they're you know working with Ring Central or not. UCAS, I mean, taking off there just as much, uh, if not more, than it is here in the States. Yeah, it, it's true. You know, I've had uh, uh, the good fortune of being able to work on channel partner programs internationally for 10 years. In particular, of course, Europe is obviously where we're investing, as I mentioned before, with the AAAs, uh, Avaya, Alcatel, Lucent, and Atos. Two of them, of course, are in those markets specifically. But there is a huge European market opportunity for UCAS. Uh, it's huge. We know some of the metrics, right? I think today, depending on who you're talking to, about 
a 14 percent uh, penetration of a $75 billion market for UCAS. International, uh, they are at about the same percentages. Uh, and we're investing. We've, we're putting uh, channel managers uh, in the field uh, in Germany, uh, adding to France, adding to the UK. And there are, Greg, there are partners, right? There are partners here that you and I have known for many, many years who've, who've gone across the pond and set up shop. I'm talking about master agents here because uh, yeah. rec- they too are recognizing the opportunities that are in uh, in Europe. And I would say that the European marketplace for partners, master agency is kind of a new theme that's uh, just right now beginning to start up over there. So I think there's big opportunity for partners in North America to look to international and certainly all the partners of Europe that we're talking to and recruiting into our program. I think we all identify that there's a, just a terrific opportunity uh, for all of us international. This is fantastic, Zane. Thanks so much. And by the way, with back to the T-shirts, taking this back to the Channel Harmony T-shirts, send them <laughs> over. You know, we've been, Craig and I have been talking about his need to diversify his uh, portfolio of T-shirts because my yes. man's just got a bunch of Pearl Jam and Seattle Seahawks shirts, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. he's just got to diversify. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think what we need we need like a little care package of, of Ring Central swag, you know, that we can deck him out in, and uh, we'll we'll force him to take a little PR picture for us, but we can, we can make that happen for sure. All right, Zane, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Uh, good luck to you and uh, happy holidays as well as we get into that uh, time of year. And same to you guys again. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it very much. Yep. See you, Zane. Thank you. You know, James, there might not be a company out there that has made more news in the past year than Ring Central. Uh, the partnerships they've made, taking Unified Communications, UCAS, really to the next level. Uh, especially interesting there to learn from Zane about the company's global expansion. They have been busy bees indeed. Um, and it's also interesting to hear about the technology side, what they're doing to expand their platform. So I'm glad we could put some spotlight on the technology. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we cap that interview off with uh, what we like to call in the business a segue, a seamless transition. Uh, Craig? Uh, yes, James? Can I just be candid with you? Speak freely. I feel as if with the Europe show dates, you know, you corrected me on that. Now the explanation of a segue. Um, are you trying to mentor me? Teach me the ways of the world? I mean, I'm, I'm flattered. I appreciate it. I just, I just don't know if that's going to work on the podcast and in, in, in sort of this public eye here. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'd always dreamed of being able to pass along some of the wisdom I've acquired in my 47 years here on planet Earth, but... I mean, I mean, we, I, as a millennial, I enjoy the witty repartee, but, you know, it's, it's a two-way street here. And in terms of mentoring, you know, mm. we millennials, we, we enjoy lending our skills and experience to the more senior employees. Well, I shouldn't oh. say that. Shoot, bad word, senior. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, that is, <laughs> you know, if the generic article on millennial stereotypes you asked me to read is accurate, it's interesting <laughs> that you sent me that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm nothing if not thorough. Uh, it's called reverse mentoring, I believe, well, as if I don't know how to use a computer or the Twitter or the face page, Snaptogram and the like. Uh, anyway, this is probably not the last time we'll be talking about silly millennial stereotypes on this podcast. Well, it's a fun, a tired old trope, and I don't blame you for it, but I got to tell you, I think it's time to start picking on Gen Z. These Zoomers, they are a ripe target with TikTok and 
Uh-huh. And, uh, and all, all these Zoomer things. I don't know. Yeah, you know, that's not a bad idea at all. So, as for the segue, Channel Evolution Europe, 1st and 2nd December. Bam, you got mentored. All right, I wanted to drill down on a couple of sessions that we're pretty excited about. Sessions that are just a little outside the norm of one of our typical events. Yeah, go for it. I hit a lot of the big business sessions on the last podcast. So the first is Hindsight So 2020. This is Insight. Oh, that sounds like a great one. Channel Partners and Channel Futures Executive Editor Craig Galbraith kicks off the show with trends in the European channel market and sets up the rest of the event. Wait, did you slip this one in here? I mean, it sounds great, but that's not one of the ones I chose. (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to highlight the Technology as Magic session. Ian Hennessy from Alder Hay Children's Hospital is going to talk about the latest technology and innovations as they pertain to healthcare. Ian is a neonatal surgeon. He's going to present some amazing case studies on the impact technology has on patients and their families. Alder Hay is one of the premier children's hospitals in all of the UK. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one as well. Uh, Technology Helping Kids, uh, that kicks off at 12.05 UK time on 1st December. That's 7.05 a.m. East Coast, 4.05 Pacific. That kind of like breakfast at Wimbledon. Get up and hear a fantastic message. It really is. And the next day, starting at noon UK time, so 7 Eastern time and 4 Pacific time, we'll have strategies to attract and retain a more diverse workforce. This has been such an important topic for a long time, but this year more than ever. We're going to hear from an IDC analyst on what we can all do to create a more diverse industry, whether you're a startup or work for a large established company. There are many strategies partners can consider themselves to attract and retain a more diverse workforce. Another good one, James. It's been a focus of ours here at Channel Partners and Channel Futures, as you know, all year long uh, with our support of the Black Lives Matter movement and the establishment of our allies of the Channel Council. Of course, all of these sessions will be on demand if you have registered for the event and you want to check them out later. We'll have all of the information as it pertains to Channel Evolution Europe on the landing page for this podcast. So again, uh, good choices there, my friend. Why, thank you. Now, I want to know, is there going to be any talk of SD-WAN at Channel Evolution Europe Virtual? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a hot technology. Uh, Why do you ask? Well, because it segues beautifully into our discussion with our next guest. What's that? Is that good? Is that, was that a nice little plan, you know, turn of rhythm and things? Well, it was a bit forced, but this is your first podcast. <sighs> All right. We are welcoming to the podcast Ben Nirenberg. He's the executive vice president of MNJ Technologies. That's an Illinois-based managed service provider. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, yeah. Ben, do you want to just start by telling us a little bit about MNJ? You know, what what sort of customers do you serve? What kind of services do you provide? Give us a little background on the company. Yeah, sure. So uh, MNJ is a company 18 years now in the making. Started off like many as a traditional hardware, you know, VAR reseller. Uh, as much as I hate that term VAR, uh, over time, uh, based on the needs of the customer base, uh, has transitioned into much more of a dominant uh, managed service provider, f- hyper-focused at at the edge, at, at the network edge. Um, and as we saw uh, the problems our customers were looking to solve, you know, we pivoted pretty strong in that 
direction. We really felt that while there was a lot of attention being paid to the enterprise space in terms of helping edge and digital transformation, uh, the mid-market really was where it's at and where there were companies that needed the most help and were not getting as much attention. So we're pretty much hyper-focused in you know, digital transformation at the edge, uh, kind of existing in the mid-market space. Sounds good, Ben. Really looking forward today to getting a, a partner's perspective on SD-WAN. You know, we've heard a lot of talk about the uh, second wave or even the third wave of SD-WAN. I'm not talking about the second wave or third wave of that other thing that uh, we hear a lot about. This year. <laughs> um, talk to us about how this market has evolved a little bit and uh, what characterizes it right now. Sure. So, you know, when we got into SD-WAN roughly four years ago, um, it really was, you know, if, if you look at that, you know, hyperscale model um, or that hype curve, more importantly, you know, we were, we was bleeding edge at, at the time. And over, you know, the last four years, we've really seen it go to, to main adoption by, by many companies. And it's certainly taken on a life of its own. I don't know if SD-WAN itself is what created this, this huge space. I think so much of it really was the way um, customers were, were moving data, were looking to secure data, were moving to hybrid workflows, um, pushed them further to needing to better handle the traffic flow. Um, and SD-WAN was a way to do that uh, reliably, uh, cost-effectively, and create what ultimately is a better end-user experience. And I think that's really where the, the focus today is, is how do you continue to create a, a better end-user uh, end experience? How do you continue to make layer seven dance? How do you continue to create security as we move to more branch locations and more um, groups that are depending upon remote offices or uh, depending upon services that are coming from either a private or public cloud? So despite... This being a financially difficult time for a lot of companies, we've actually seen a ton of acquisitions in the space, just HPE and, and Palo Alto and, and more recently Juniper getting into M&A, buying some more pure play ST-WAN providers. What do you think of that? Is there a trend behind all of that? And you know, what should we be looking for in terms of M&A in the industry? Yeah, so certainly you have two ways in which you can uh, get into a new new market space. You know, as you see it going, one is you know create your own R and D. But I think companies have tried that. If I look back, I think probably Cisco was the first major acquisition with Viptela in that space, and and such many other suitors have followed. So if you're not going to do your own R and D, then what do you do? You go look for acquisition of companies that are hyper-focused on R&D in one specific area. And I think that's really what, what we've seen. As we look at what HP did, or HP really Aruba did, um, with Silver Peak most recently, we look at what Palo has done, and we look at what Oracle has done. We've seen from cloud providers to network infrastructure OEMs um, understand that the marketplace was going this way in a fast, fast pace. And the best way for them to keep up was to make acquisition of companies that were hyper-focused in one thing, that had large amounts of R&D, and that could truly integrate into what's doing uh, or what's going on with, with the end users. I think that the goal, or I, I should say the outcomes, are still yet to be determined, right? Will HP Aruba um, do what Cisco did in terms of, you know, there was this massive delay before they could come to market with the tele to, to the main Cisco managed service space. Um, will they be able to integrate quicker um, and, and more seamlessly transition than, than probably some of the other uh, providers out there? We will continue to see, I think, larger acquisitions 
or more acquisitions come in the space. Um, I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. And I think it's healthy. I think it's what needs to be done. There's a large amount of network infrastructure that needs to be replaced, that needs to be updated. You have massive companies, um, global OEMs that need ways to do that. And you have customers looking for, for SD-WAN and creating kind of that seamless integration is huge. Then you layer security on top of it and it, it's a whole new ball game. Yeah, I think M and A's been really interesting to watch uh, this year. Uh, earlier in the year, when the pandemic hit, it seems uh, that things really slowed down after a couple of years of a lot of activity. But uh, then we saw some in this space, uh, a lot of security mergers and acquisitions, and, and also private equity expanding their reach. Uh, so I think it'll be continue to be interesting. Uh, you know, speaking of, of security, Ben, uh, we've heard a lot about the convergence of security and networking obviously those two tie in very well first off do you agree that this convergence is occurring and if so uh, what's driving the trend sure you know i, I love what, what the term they call it, sassy now which it, it always makes me laugh that um gartner's probably the best at coming up with wrapping a package that's been around for for two years and regifting it you know this is a transition that <laughs> that we've been going through for over two years i mean customers and MERS have been looking at the edge understanding they need to secure it and and struggling with how do they do that do they secure it at the edge do they secure it at the branch level do you backhaul traffic to a, a private Colo, do you use public um, hyperscalers or, or, or security um, providers? And and so this this trend that all of a sudden has a name and and has become in vogue, so to speak, um, you know, orange is the new black, right? To plan a colloquialism, it has been going on. Uh, we've been doing it for two years. So yeah, it, it, it's not new um, by any means. But I think again, as um, end users and companies are deciding what they're doing, where their workloads are going to exist. Um, it's just pushed to to further um, the need for it. And, and really, it's the true struggle of what companies are looking at. SD-WAN certainly is widely adopted. It's, it's understood the value proposition that's there. That's not debatable anymore. But then the question becomes is with that edge-based device, where is your security exist. And it's why you've seen companies like Palo and Juniper make those purchases because they think that SD-WAN appliance is a great way to do one of two things, either create security um, at the edge, both for north, south, and east-west traffic, or further leverage right their, their cloud-based security offerings and how you can um, more quickly, effectively, and reliably backhaul traffic to those locations and put them then back out to the open internet. Um, so yes, it's real. No, it's not new. Yes, it's been going on for a while. There's just more attention on it when you get names like Juniper and Palo um, making those decisions. Yeah, that's a good point. Talking more about the end user, I'd love to learn about what the conversations are like between customers and partners. You know, we talk about SD-WAN and, and SASE. What do the customers know about this? Do they really know what they want? Do they even understand these terms? I'm just curious, what are some of these interactions with customers? How have they been? Yeah, I think the biggest struggle for customers when we get involved is, is understanding the landscape. Um, you talked about how many companies have we mentioned already, like six or seven, and, and we didn't even scratch the surface. There are so many players that exist within the space. Companies understand the value proposition of SD-WAN. They understand the need for security. How do they then navigate that is really the, the thing that we hear most. And I think the biggest struggle, they don't know where to begin. They don't know when to, where to end. They don't know if they're making the right decision. Because as, as I tell customers, and it's the same thing I, I tell 
journalist as well, not all SD-WAN is created equal. Not every SD-WAN provider or security provider fits the problem that the customer is looking to solve. So if you're an end user and you're trying to solve that problem, who do you go to and where do you go to do one of two things? Either A, how do I make sure I have the right product and it's going to fit the solution and fit and solve the problem? And B, more importantly, how do I do that in a timely manner? How do I go from what could take me a year, a year and a half, could take me four months just to research the seven or eight different providers to make sure I've got the right one to run POX? I mean, it goes on and on. Who do I go to or who do I turn to to help um, put this in a better package, to help me understand where I should be focused? So instead of looking at six or seven, I look at the one, two or three best. And then I, I work through that kind of whiteboard session. I work through that discovery to understand where I am currently where my business is going, and what's the proper um, product to fit that need. Because remember, it's now a piece of broad, it's bandwidth, right? What am I doing from a bandwidth standpoint? So now I'm dealing with all the, the CLEX and the LEX out there. It's what am I doing from an SD-WAN and what am I doing for security? So you have three very difficult decisions um, converging into one. And so while we're not helping customers understand the value proposition anymore, we are helping customers navigate um, the very stormy waters that exist right now. I love it. Uh, could you do you mind indulging us in like a, a little example of an instance where one vendor may have an advantage over another and may have a sweet spot that would would work best for that particular customer you're talking to? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I think traditionally um, a company like what was Legacy Talari now Oracle does really, really well. Um, in situations where voice is is one of the most important things. I think when you look at more retail-based locations, you know, oftentimes we're leading with a product like CloudGenX um, in that. When we look in the financial space, healthcare, oftentimes we're leading with, with Silverpeak, now HP, Aruba. So, I mean, those are some of the, the very big highlights. But we just did a, a deal with a 24-7 uh, veterinary clinic. They had 28 locations in, in the Midwest. And it was twofold. It, it was not only what's the right product from an SD-WAN standpoint, and then also was, well, well how are we going to handle security? Do you want it in the cloud? Do you want it in our private colo? Do you want it in your private colo? And we wound up with a, a mix of, of CloudGenX and Fortinet in that solution. And, and it's just a perfect example of understanding the customer's needs um, and what happens. You know, if, if you said, what's the perfect product for a veterinary clinic? I, I don't know, but when we went in and we did a discovery session, um, we were actually late to the table on that deal. But because our discovery was so thorough, because we asked questions that the other providers didn't, because we are agnostic with finding the right solution, not the one product we sell, we wound up creating a solution that actually truly met the needs of the customer, solved the problem of the customer um, in a much better way than originally they had uh, planned. So. It's really all over the board. There's a reason why there's so many out there. Um, I think they'll continue to be that way. It's no different than network infrastructure. And you have a ton of companies that all do networking at the edge. And so SD-WAN will be no different. Ben, that is a terrific example. Uh, great insight into not only what partners are thinking, but uh, customers as well. Before we let you go, uh, I just wanted to let you know that I'm not taking it easy on the new guy here. I just wanted to express that the reason that he covers the SD-WAN beat for us is because he's he's pretty sassy himself. 
being a millennial, as I've reminded him many times and never let him forget. Although I have to be careful about that because now I understand that like half of the workforce is millennials. So we're, yeah, we're all Craig, adjusting, you, right? Craig, That's if right. you call me a whippersnapper one more time, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm in Craig, trouble. I, I, I just want to make sure James is going to get his participation trophy so he feels good about participating today. <laughs> well, see, I can do this easily now because James used to live here in Arizona with me, but he can't just come knocking on my door and, and harassing me anymore. So uh, so I think, I, I think I'm safe. Uh, ben, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. It's been a, a great conversation. Uh, we wish the best of luck to you and MNJ, uh, and happy holidays to you coming up. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Ben. Thank you, James Craig. Truly appreciate it and love the opportunity to talk. And happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays to you as well. Well, that was a good talk with Ben. Dude is kind of a geek, and it's good to get some people that just enjoy studying the industry and can talk candidly about it. So, thank you, Ben. Yeah, some great takeaways there for sure. Uh, now, the audience should know SD-WAN is one of your beats as news editor here at Channel Partners and Channel Features. I, I like the approach you took there, uh, sounding like you know what you're talking about on this first podcast, uh, which our listeners will learn to know you actually do in some cases. Uh, Kevin took the approach of acting like a bumbling buffoon, even though it was a well-kept secret that he, too, was pretty intelligent on a number of topics. Uh, he might have even kept that secret from you. You know what? <laughs> Kevin's a brilliant man and one of the most well-versed in the art of self-deprecation. And <laughs> we have like we have taken some shots at him over the years. And he has been such a willing punching bag, such a willing vessel of self-deprecation. And I just love the guy. And it's just like you, you don't really know if he's being a doofus or not. It's Schrodinger's doofus. You really don't know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And Teflon, he he could take that stuff. And you know, his his thought the entire time was the more he appeared like a doofus, uh, the smarter it would make our guests appear. So it was like it was like self sacrifice for the podcast. You can't blame him for that. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to humiliating and upbraiding the next channel chief that comes on. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pull some fast gotcha questions on them. Uh, yes. Sponsors are going to love that. I, I like that. I like yeah. that. Uh, so you've sort of taken the approach, uh, in all seriousness, that it's possible we could all be smart. You know, it's different. Is that like a good difference? You, do, do you like mm -hmm. it? Am I doing a good job? Well, it marks a transition for this podcast. Uh, I'm going to have to think about that. So this is the real question. Yeah. Can I pick the closing song? What? No way. <laughs> To make myself feel better about our age difference, I've already chosen the oldest song in my music library from 1967, uh, before I was even born, let alone the more than a generation later that you came along. Hmm, what is this? Is this Ello? Is this Elton John? Oh my god, don't make me come over there. If you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig, and now James, just go to Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud type Channel Partners Online into the search bar. Of course, you can always find us on the flagship channelpartnersonline.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully you put up with me and James enough to come back for another one of these. Take care, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. It gets better from here, I promise. <laughs>